0: Hello, all you live resin revelers, connoisseurs of fine craft flour and dabbling dappers. Welcome to the National Cannabis Network, your voice for everything marijuana. On today's show, we'll continue our look at how medical marijuana is helping Ohio residents and take a deeper look at how and where the program could use a few improvements. Curtis Prea is my guest today, and I'm humbled to bring you a story. Please enjoy the show. So I'm here with Curtis Prea. Thanks for having me over, Curtis. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me. So can you tell me a little bit about how you first got involved with medical marijuana?
1: When I was a kid, I was diagnosed bipolar 2, and I was on a myriad of different prescriptions and pills, and I started to not like them so much, and as, you know, one does as a teenager and begins to experiment with other things in life, uh, cannabis did come across, or I did come across cannabis, and found that it was really calming for me and it had really good effects i mean it wasn't like a cure for what i was going through but i enjoyed the experience a lot more than any of the the chemicals that my doctors were giving me so that was like my first taste of medical cannabis but i was like a kid i was like 16 years old there wasn't even a medical program in california yet or anything like that so you know i I was basically living off of the black market and self-medicating up to a point where a lot of the people I was hanging out with started getting involved with other heavier drugs. Uh, I've tried a couple of those things with them and just decided really quick, like, I'm going to go down a bad path if I do this more. I need to get away from all this stuff. I started going to church, gave my life to Jesus, and left everything behind. So it was like a good 10-15 years been in ministry uh, living a clean life. And it really felt relief, a lot of relief from all the depression and bipolar type problems I was having. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was, it was, there were no low lows. And then later in my, gosh, how old am I now? I'm 40. So I guess uh, I was probably in my 20s that I started going to church. And then I had kids, you know, my son Silas, he was born in 2009, my daughter Cadence was born in 2011 and I love my kids I love playing with my kids I love wrestling with my kids, I love jumping on the trampoline with my kids and one night I was dancing with my kids and I decided to try to do some swing dancing with my son, just throw him up over my shoulder and threw out my neck and that was the beginning of this long dance <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> took about a year before i actually went to the doctor to have them give me the mri and they said yep that's pinching and i said yeah it's been there for a year they said yeah that's not going to go away so we had the surgery and it didn't go quite right the one of the bones was reabsorbed into my vertebrae so it didn't fuse together i have a lot of soft tissue connectivity a lot of nerve pain going down my right arm which has uh, made it so that i can't play guitar you know i was going to church worship pastor worship director and now i can't play guitar you know i can do other instruments but i'm not as fluent and i'm not as expressive in my personal time with music uh, with any other instrument so that was really kind of started sinking me down into depression also. So that that low, low that I didn't have for several, several years, is like just all came kind of crashing down on me. And I don't know, man. It was back to the doctor with more chemicals and back on that rodeo. And it was at a podcasting conference, actually. I met a wonderful lady named Joe who hosts a podcast called Casually Bake which I'm just going to name drop really quick and she told me about medical cannabis and how CBD could really be helping me get away from things like Prozac and lithium and it was just a couple weeks later that I decided to really go for that and tried just CBD. I did not follow my doctor's recommendations of weaning myself off of those antidepressants and whatnot. I just I gave myself half of the dose the next day and then I didn't take any more. That was my weaning process. I just was vaping CBD and it helped me through the entire process of getting it out of my system. It helped me days and days after that. And it just started making me think, you know, what else can this plant do for me? Because I was, after this next surgery, they had been on opiates. I've been on tons of muscle relaxers and all but all sorts of things that just don't make you feel good you know so if this plant does have pain relieving abilities why am i not using it like, it just seems so completely ridiculous so that's when i decided to incorporate thc into it as well but i mean i'm not who i was as a kid you know i don't want to get high i don't want to get couch locked and i mean i'll admit i've medicated and watched cartoons with my son and those cartoons, those cartoons were so funny you know I really enjoyed that time but like that's i'm not trying to get high so i can sit and enjoy cartoons with my son like i want to be able to make him lunch clean up the messes bounce on the trampoline i want to be able to do these things in my life and, yeah, I know that I'm still going to injure myself if I jump on the trampoline with my kid. I don't really care, though. Like I want to live life while I'm living. And cannabis helps me do that. So is it primarily CBD
0: products that are, are helping you out the most, um, or are there any uh, products that, that do have THC that help you as well?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm doing about a 5 to 7 milligram edible when I wake up and then I go and vape a one-to-one ratio, I vape, a hemp flower and like cannabis. Well, they're both cannabis. Okay. I vape a hemp flower. I order online and I vape a dispensary flower. I buy at a dispensary equal parts. I do the math with the percentages and the weights and I make my mix myself a one-to-one ratio. Uh, little chamber of herb Uh, are there any strains in
0: particular
1: that you found uh work better or worse for you um yeah and that's probably the biggest frustration for me in the legal medical world right now i mean not that it was better on the black market you had no no strain options on the black market it's like what do you got today man uh but I find something I like and then it's gone. And I don't know if it's going to come back and I can ask them. But just because I ask them doesn't mean they're going to order more. I understand that it's a business and they're going to you know, buy, what, buy more of what sells the most. But it's kind of hard for me personally to find that I love Paradise Circus and I can't get it at the dispensary anymore. I mean, that's just... <laughs> If that works for me in my situation, like I should be able to have access to that medicine. And if the dispensaries aren't going to provide me that access, then I should be able to grow that at home. That kind of leads me into my next question was, how do you feel about home grow? I think it's the only thing that makes this medical program an actual medical program for patients. Now, I understand the business side of it, and I guarantee you I'm going to go to a dispensary even if I'm growing plants in my basement, which I'm not right now because it's illegal obviously i want to invest money on some nice grow equipment but i'm not going to do that you know at this point in life because i am super paranoid about even googling grow equipment like that's how paranoid i am about that kind of stuff (laughs) and i'm on
0: board with you as soon as we are allowed to grow our own you can bet i'm going to be investing in a grow room in my basement yeah for sure
1: it's the only thing that makes sense is patience because I need a strain that has the terpene profile that works for me. And I need that on a regular basis. I, I don't need that like, oh, I found three day supply of it and I'm gonna be able to have it for maybe six days if I really stretch it out. I, that's, that's not medicine. What, what kind of
0: medical program is that? So what would you tell a loved one that was considering uh, replacing
1: pharmaceuticals with medical marijuana? Uh, it just really kind of depends upon what their situation is what pharmaceuticals they're thinking about replacing completely with you know i mean i think that i think the best balance in a person's life is going to be through a, a combination of western and eastern medicines uh holistic as well as pharmaceutical and i would just encourage them to really do the research on what cannabis has been said to do for that condition you know anecdotal absolutely i i trust anecdotal evidence that's been there for decades you know what i mean um but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the effect it has for you so be cautious about that and be doing inner inventories to make sure you're getting the effects that you're looking for as well as that your body
0: needs Uh, my next question relates to the recent decision by the medical board and board of pharmacy to deny the conditions of anxiety and
1: autism to our program. How do you feel about that? I read an article the next day after that and a reporter said that one man shouted shameful as the board made that decision. That was me. I yelled shameful because it was completely despicable the way the chairman of the board sat up there and said we can't allow this because then we'll have a free-for-all of kids with thc like i want to just load my son up with thc because he's autistic like he's some kind of burden that i just need to what i mean it's not like he's going to all of a sudden become docile if i loaded him up with cannabis he'd probably become super paranoid and freaked out and become even more of a A handful like that just literally made me shaking mad when he said we were gonna have a free-for-all like all these doctors just can't wait to give kids this drug because what they're gonna get another little bit of cash in their pocket for writing the recommendation that's what these doctors are really all about and these parents that we just can't wait to to to, oh so frustrating And the fear of not being able to remove something because it wasn't specifically spelled out in the language is it's a cop out. It's either a cop out or it is the most pussy footed handling of my child's medical availability options that I've ever seen in my life.
0: So do you think doctors in Ohio should be allowed to recommend medical marijuana for anyone they see fit like in California?
1: yeah i really do i think it shouldn't just be like tomorrow the legislature says doctors can do that i think doctors need to be trained about this they need to be trained about the ecs and they need to be trained about how cannabis interacts with it and how that affects the whole body seems like so
0: much valuable data we could be gathering that we're missing out on drug interactions with other uh, cannabis products because this will all come out eventually uh, it just seems as though the the scheduling is what has us down right now. Um, Why do you think Ohio is so far behind the times?
1: Fear. They're scared to change, so they want to wait to see how other people have done it. And then they're scared that it's not going to go well and that all the bad things that happen are the bad things that are going to happen here, for sure. You know, like, that's I, I the only thing that I really believe is motivating to anybody that would keep them from uh, helping people. It's gotta be fear or evil. You know, just absolute evil of the heart of greed of I don't wanna help them because there's money that I should be making on it. So you're either scared or you're selfish, I don't know. You tell me Is there a third option? There probably is. I'm not saying that I have all the answers. I I, I think you're absolutely right when you
0: mention that Ohio has always kind of been a state that likes to sit on the sidelines and watch how other states play out with other issues, not even related to cannabis. But how could the Ohio Medical Marijuana Control Program
1: earn a gold star from you? Drop the word control? Like, seriously, what are you trying to control? I don't understand. I mean, I understand that you don't want tainted vapes. Absolutely. Regulate. Regulate, not control. Who the hell are you to control this plant that God put on the earth? What role, if any,
0: do you see spiritual leaders at the community level having and advancing cannabis as a medicine and its acceptance uh, amongst local
1: municipalities? I think spiritual leaders need to really focus on an individual's spiritual health. Now, you might think that that means I don't want you to talk about cannabis. I want you to talk about God and spirituality. Um, I do want you to focus on that. I want that to be your main I don't want to go to a church that's talking about cannabis. Like, I want to go to a, to a church that's talking about Jesus. That's that's what I'm looking for. I want to go on the, to one that's friendly to cannabis patients like myself. So if any role they would have would be honestly on them if they felt called to get involved. If they see, um, if perhaps a Christian pastor would see the medical cannabis community as people who are marginalized or who are being taken advantage of, who are being charged uh, percentages of their monthly budget for medicine that they can barely afford. If you could see those people as people that Jesus would want to press into and offer light to, then yeah, I think that they have a, a place and a role, but if that's not what they think, you know, being a Christian is I mean I can't speak to all the other spiritual uh, facets of humanity either but I would say that they should probably do the same thing can I use cannabis and be a Christian can I get high and follow Jesus I there's a period in my life where I spoke from the pulpit and said that I do not believe that you are effective for the kingdom of God if you're baked on the couch and I don't know if that's even a fair statement, because in truth, the first person I asked to take me to church was someone I knew that would go to church, but would sometimes go to my brother's house and get stoned with us. So is that even a true statement? There is a portion of scripture that people don't like to talk about where Jesus says, let those who do wrong continue to do wrong, and let those who do right continue to do right. Uh, we could go on a long different conversation about what Jesus means in that. But for me personally, I'm not here to make your journey look like my journey and fit into what tunnel my journey fits into. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. But like, again, like with the finding it in the Bible, I mean, for, for me, what do you use cannabis for? I use it for pain and i use it for therapy those are the two biggest reasons i use it i've been going through some personal stuff that i have to process and i have to find acceptance with and i have to find peace with and i have to move on my life with knowing that it happened i can't bury that memory again i have to move on with it and cannabis has helped me with that now i believe god wants me healed from that but god is healing me in these moments when I'm out in prayer and meditation and ingesting cannabis. Do you think that the state of Ohio and its denial to add additional qualifying
0: conditions is actually just admitting that physicians and healthcare practitioners in Ohio never really had a voice in the welfare of their patients' lives?
1: I mean, yes, but it's more like a reaffirming. You know, when the Cannabis Tax Act was passed and the lawyer for the American Medical Association was like, hey, don't do this. And it happened anyway. They haven't had a voice. They probably never have. If there's one thing you could change
0: about the Ohio Medical Marijuana Program, what would it be?
1: I can only pick one? Wow. All right. You can pick more than one. I, I really feel like it's a tie. I feel like two things really need to happen, and that's access for more conditions honestly i would personally say hey if it was originally treated in china for that a couple thousand years ago yeah give it a shot and home grow access 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 i guess is really the one thing that needs to change is access sure
0: Um, are there any books or movies documentaries that you could recommend um that have inspired you um doesn't even have to be cannabis related just you know in life
1: in general my greatest inspiration I'd have to say has always come from my inner desire to relate to people so I have always felt socially awkward and weird and like i don't get what other people are doing or saying or why they did what they did why they said what they did why they had that look on their face when they said what they said because those two things didn't match or anything like things like well it never seems like it matches to me do you know what i mean so my desire to connect with people understand people i mean that's one of the things that's led me to really pursue podcasting and telling other people's stories and hearing other people's stories is because, um, hearing other people's lives and experiences and traumas, it helps connect me because of my own traumas and my own problems in life. So as far as, uh, like a inspirational book, um, I honestly read the Bible more than any other book and I wrestle with that thing so much. I haven't been able to move on to another book to wrestle with, you know, and my spirituality cannabis and meditation through Tai Chi has been what's helping me turn my corner. Did you want to talk about your podcast at all? Sure. I have a podcast called Consider Cannabis. Where I've kind of played around with the format of it. When, after I met Joe and she told me about cannabis, it wasn't long before I was asking her, Hey, you're not going to be offended if I start a cannabis podcast, are you? Because I was so blown away with how much this helped me. I wanted to help defeat the stigma behind cannabis. All right, I mean, I cleaned up my life, I went to Bible college, I've been working in ministry, and now I'm being looked at like I'm a criminal because I'm using medical cannabis. I am shocked that this plant can help so much, but carries with it so much weight. And so I wanted to tell the stories of patients so that people you know, might say, I have this condition, Oh, I've heard this might help google it oh there's this podcast episode where someone talks about using this condition and honestly patient stories are not that easy to get because not everyone likes to talk about their medical history on the internet but they're my favorite episodes i've tried to do educational ones talking about the endocannabinoid endocannabinoid system and they're good, but I hate hearing my own voice all the time. So I'm editing episodes where it's just me and I'm like, okay, we got to find a way to not have me talk so much. So I'm trying to get away from those episodes and just this next season that's coming out. I got through 30 episodes and had to take a break and I'm I have about five episodes recorded right now that I'm going to start editing in the next week and new episodes will be coming soon. And how can listeners tune in? Uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or you can go to considercannabisnow.com. Awesome. I just really want to say on the autism side of it is that I would do anything for my kid. Now, I'm not going to do anything that's going to make it so I can't be in my kid's life and be there to do anything for my kid. So the frustration for me is astronomical when they said that they were not going to approve autism. I don't know how to say it. Like no parent should have to be faced with the knowledge that something works for a good percentage of kids with autism. But know that if you make that choice to try that medicine, you could lose that kid and you could go to jail. That's fucked up. When it came down to the board saying that, I got mad because of the free-for-all comment, their fear, and the fact that no parent should have to live in fear like that, or be faced with the fact that there's something that could help your kid really unlock the door for them. They could start talking. They could stop their twitching. They could stop their seizure. But you could go to jail and lose them. Forever. even if it works even if it works even if it's working and they're doing great and they find it and you're gone you're done we have fully
0: functioning programs in other states where children are thriving and we refuse to look at that here Curtis thank you so much for having me over today to talk about medical marijuana
1: Jason thank you for coming I really appreciate the opportunity and check out my show
0: I would like to thank Curtis Perea once again for the opportunity to talk medical marijuana today in closing How much longer will autistic children in Ohio have to wait before being granted access to this life-changing medicine? When you look up the signs and symptoms associated with autism, a myriad of troubling symptoms emerge. Behavioral disturbances, insomnia, chronic pain, unpredictable appetite, extreme sensitivity to light, touch, or sound. If this was your child, would you not want them to have access to the safest, viable medicine first? According to MommyUSA.org. 17 U.S. states and Puerto Rico now allow doctors to recommend medical marijuana for autism. Isn't it time we follow suit? Be sure to check out Curtis's podcast, Consider Cannabis, and stay tuned for the next episode of the National Cannabis Network, where I'll be talking with Karen Korn of Leaf Meta. Thanks again for tuning in, friends, and until next time, stay green.